Oh, shoot. I went live before I intended to. Well, shit. Well, okay. Well, I guess we're live. Because I didn't mean to do that yet, but apparently uh, it did it on its own. Um, all right. Welcome to Going the Bitches Podcast 192 with True Aquaponics. Uh, Scotty will be joining us in a bit from from Dude Grows. And then we're going to have a little uh, hash making workshop here a little later on in the episode. So uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. And um, we'll... we'll uh, Along. Thanks a lot for joining us, Roger. There, Roger? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, sorry, it looked like my internet fell out for a second, but I'm back. It's all good. I, Coming through? I didn't intend to go live uh, that quickly, but I ended up having a, having issues, so it's okay. Uh, we'll, we'll get through That's this all right. together. How are you doing? Uh, Excellent, man. This is uh, sequestration day of 428 uh, that we have not been outside to see anyone. Pretty scary out there in the world right now. Uh, and, and with that said, uh, we have seen a huge influx of folks that um, want to grow their own food um, as well as everything else you can think of. So, but primarily for on, on our end, it's, it's food production uh, and they've been coming to us looking for help um real help instead of just the hobby help you know so it's it's been exciting the last uh month and a half or so to help this many people this quick um one of the things we've done is is put out a deficiency guide and it's 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 a mineral deficiency guide for plants um we actually put it out quite a few years ago and we've updated it over the years and uh people are using it to figure out that yes uh, you can't just put uh, fish in a tank and, and plants in media or a raft bed and they grow perfect. They they will grow, obviously, but uh, there, there's issues and and these plants aren't producing uh, the, the produce that they want in the end. So what they have to do is, is add certain nutrient minerals uh, to get their productivity and the quality of their food up to par. So they're not just eating something that uh, might have come from uh walmart or whatever uh they they want good food to feed their family and it seems to be a really really big thing now uh, it's always been a big thing but even more so now with with the issues we're having with uh the, the food flow uh, throughout the united states uh, people are really really engaged and really uh curious about how to do it and do it properly and make the food to where it's you know viable instead of just something that's growing if that makes sense so tell us what are what are what's kind of the the hotcakes these days there for you that what are, what are people using the most in aquaponics these days there there's a couple of things that are really hot on the list um our three-week dose um for more of the small-scale farmers uh just to keep everything producing well. And then for the larger scale, we're seeing a huge influx into our commercial uh, nutrient management service. Uh, and then also potassium silicate has just exploded. People have realized how wonderful that product is uh, for their plants, uh, not, not just for making the plants grow, but helping protect the plants and helping the plants to repair themselves when something happens to them. 
and what they'll see in the next couple of months as it heats up here in the U.S. Uh, is that it really, really helps with heat stress. Um, and that's something that's 100% proven and backed up through through data uh, over the last four or five years is, is potassium silicate is something that uh, really helps the plants survive through, uh, even if they're dirt farmers, sur survive through drought and extreme heat, which a lot of places are seeing that have never seen it before in the U.S., uh, those, those conditions. So with that uh, and also in aquaponics, uh, the extreme heat you get in a greenhouse sometimes really quick as, as the sun comes up and, and you don't maybe have your shade cloth in, in place just yet, it helps protect those plants from uh, damage from the sun. So that's, that's what we're seeing. That's what we've been seeing over the last couple of years and it keeps going that way. Another thing we see move a lot because it's easy for people to see happening with their plants is iron chelate. Um, and almost every plant you put in aquaponics, whether it be peppers or, or uh, tomatoes or any kind of lettuce, they're, they're going to show an iron deficiency pretty quick. Uh, so, so people are really buying that up. So, so we've got a lot of stuff moving really quick, running us to death, but we're loving it and loving working with all the new people, uh, as well as our old customers that have been around for years. Uh, they're buying more. They, they've built their systems up. So they, they continue to expand so they can feed their families. And that's, to us, that's a great thing. And Steve, that's your cue. Oh, there we go. That's my problem. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, you're muted. Yeah, trying to switch around my audio here. I'll get it sorted. Um, so, <laughs> so you have some new uh, new system kits for for people that are just getting into it. Do you want to tell us more about that? Yeah, actually, uh, we we have just recently started designing some kits for people that um, it, it's it's not just for the smaller folks that want to produce just for their family, but also folks that want to produce for let's say veteran centers and, and what have you that are much larger that really need to produce a lot of food and quickly. Uh, so we're putting that together. We don't have it up yet, um, but hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll put up some, some kits that people can pick up. It'll be delivered to their, their home or their business or their warehouse or their field, wherever they're at, um, all the parts and pieces, and then have support from us to put the stuff together and make it go, as well as the uh, mineral supplementation to to actually make the produce viable. Again, that's 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 an important thing. Um, just just making something grow isn't good enough. It needs to be viable uh, for human consumption uh, as far as the vitamins and minerals that those plants have. So that's that's where our focus is. Not just a good system, but also viability of the produce after it's done. Absolutely. That, that's really wonderful. Uh, I know a lot of people are just getting started or just hearing about aquaponics or maybe got scared because of the, the virus stuff going on and are trying to learn more. And uh, it's really good to have those types of products. What are some of the other things that you'd recommend for people that are just getting started that maybe are trying to keep their system balanced? Uh, if it's going to be a large system, obviously the uh, commercial product we put out, which is the nutrient management system, 
uh, is is huge. It's key in, in trying to keep your minerals balanced and not just your minerals, but uh, we give them also a write-up uh, every month of what they may need to change if something needs to change uh, in their system and the way they're doing things. So just a basic uh, um, SOP or, or standard operating procedure with their with their system. Not not it's not going to be in depth at at the price we're offering because I mean it's just it's just too much to go too in depth. But it will be enough to get you in line with what you need to do and to get viable produce out of your system that you can either sell. Uh, or, or donate if that's your thing, or just feed your family. Um, and those are for systems that are 3,000 gallons and up. And below that, um, we we do offer the three-week nutrient dose that we've offered for a great many years and is a really hot product uh, that, that will get the smaller systems close enough uh, over the long term that they will produce really well. Awesome. Awesome. And you've had some really, really good feedback with one of the people with the, the commercial class recently. You were just talking about that earlier today. Do you want to talk, tell us more about that? Uh, absolutely. And I, I can't, I wish I could figure out how to share pictures uh, on here. So on here at the very bottom, it says share. And then you just pick the screen that you want. And that's what, and away you go. On hmm. Zoom, the very bottom center, it says share screen. Oh, I see it. I see it. Okay, so if if you can talk for a minute, give me a give me a minute to get a few pictures up. Sure. I will try to show some before and afters. No problem. All right. Been, Good uh, deal. Give give, give so me a Roger, minute. Roger, Roger, and I uh, uh, run a service together where um, you can sign up for a subscription, and based on the the size of your system and the volume of your system, we'll have your water tested once a month or twice a month, depending on what you need. Uh, you send out the water, have it tested, and then we'll send you a custom made nutrient formula to get your system back on track, depending on what crops you're growing. So we have some people growing strawberries with lettuce. We have some people just growing lettuce. We have people growing tomatoes and peppers, all different types of things. They each have different types of nutrient values. Obviously, your fruiting crops are going to need more potassium, a little more phosphorus, uh, and you need to account for that in a way that's balanced. And, and the, where it gets tricky is, is that everyone's system water is different, right? Everyone has different well water. You know, sometimes they have more sodium, sometimes they have less sodium, sometimes they have high calcium, sometimes they have very low calcium. You know, it varies across the board a, a whole lot. So having to actually balance that around that is very, gets very critical and where, you know, having this type of system, especially at a commercial scale and, and kind of taking that off your hands, taking all that ordering of nutrients off your hands really can, um, you know, ease a lot of the issues that people have. So that's really where we got the idea of of starting the, the setup together. So. One moment, okay. Um, so uh, uh, what, I've been just over here in Oklahoma getting things going. Um, we'll, we'll be doing some walkthrough videos here shortly. We've gotten a lot of stuff, uh, stuff together. We're working on some new greenhouses that are gonna be installed. We have three new greenhouse bays coming. Uh, that we'll be setting up that'll be a lot of fun to set up in aquaponics we'll be doing a whole video build out on that uh, just like we did last year and uh, that'll be a lot of fun we also have an extraction lab that we'll be putting together uh, where we have a uh, peer pressure press come in a whole bunch of bubble uh, commercial scale bubble hash equipment coming we're going to be doing a bubble hash demonstration and workshop a little later in the episode so if you're just watching us see in the 
a title. Uh, don't worry, that will be coming soon. There we go. There we go, Roger. You want to tell us about this? You're still muted. You want to unmute yourself? You're, you're muted. Yeah, I'll, yeah you okay. I've, I'm getting there. Sorry about that. Um, so let me reopen that first one again. I'm still figuring this out. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm not the most technical guy. I'm, I, I, I do minerals. Um, so let's open this back up. All right. So this, this is a picture from a system up in Illinois, right? And th these plants are about four weeks old. And this is right before they started using uh, our mineral nutrient uh, service. So, you know, where they sent the water in, got it tested, and, and we decided what they needed to do as far as what minerals need to be added. So we, we shipped them some minerals. Uh, and two weeks later, and, and like I said, this is about two days before they got the first shipment. This is two weeks later. And let me just blow that up a little bit because I know it's a really good picture if I can, if Windows will work with me here. So you can see the, the beauty of that plant. It's just absolutely beautiful. Uh, and, and I can tell you, this, this lady's name is Angie, uh, but, but uh, I told her I wouldn't say her last name. They, they, they have some beautiful produce now. Um, and one of the things they did with their, they've got a commercial system. And one of the things they did, they went from selling just to local farmers markets and restaurants to direct sales to people after this COVID-19 thing kicked in. So the stores are running out of, of food because of panic buying. Not that we're actually out of food. There's plenty of food, but people are so scared. They're going out and buying everything they can get their hands on. So that's creating a shortage that should not be there. So these folks are providing a service of really exceptional food um, that not just looks good, but has all the flavor and all the minerals and vitamins that it's supposed to have that chances are if you go to the local grocery store, you're not going to get. You're going to get food that is is a fraction of the quality. So that's that's just a couple of the pictures um, that we got from them. There's there's more that we're not ready to release just yet because obviously my technical difficulties I'm having, but uh, they're out there and they're beautiful. Back to you, Steve. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's also cool to see a whole bunch of different forms chemistry on a regular basis as far as learning and all that. So. Um, you know, really get to see a, a wide variance of different uh, growth styles and how it changes the different nutrients and uh, at, a, at a broad spectrum. So it's, it's really interesting and definitely helped me uh, see some different uh, things and different types of filtration and different types of layouts and setups. It's definitely been very, very educational for sure. So is there any other uh, nutrients that uh, really uh, people uh, buy a lot or need a lot that uh, you know the average person might not know about for aquaponics? Uh, we, we have also seen a, a big move. Let me check and make sure I'm alive. Yeah, we've also seen a big move in some of the little known minerals such as uh, manganese and, and boron. Um, and then also because all the new systems starting up right now, a lot of people are are buying what we call fake fish, which is ammonium sulfate, uh, and they're they're buying it 
by the by the ton. I mean, it's unreal how much of that's moving because they're trying to start their systems up and get things going. And it's the safest way to do it uh, without harming any fish. You get things going, you get things balanced. Uh, you can even start adding minerals, whatever minerals they may be that you think your plants need, or you ask us and we tell you your plants are going to need, uh, whether it be iron or magnesium or potassium or all three or or uh, calcium. Depend, it depends on what you're growing. I mean, everything has different needs and different levels. So uh, you have to reach out and ask. And like I said, if you've got a system over 3,000 gallons, you really need to use the, the commercial service to get what you need exactly so you can balance your system. Uh, so that's that's a lot of the stuff that's needed, a lot of the stuff we're seeing go. Um, and let me see if I can get another picture up right quick because I love showing these pictures um, from this beautiful, beautiful system. Just bear with me a second. That's a good one if I can get it to open. In fact, I'll just slide it over. Worries. Are we seeing that? Yeah. That's a that's a shot straight down onto a grow bed. Um, let me pull that back. Uh, it's, it's back. So let's see what else I got in here. Here's another beautiful picture. Let me see if I can just open that differently. See if that'll load up. That way I can leave it open. Nah, it's, that's going to be an editor. I apologize. I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> it's all good. So, so what are some of the other common questions you get in this time of year? I know, especially with, with uh, a lot of newer people, what are some of the common questions that you're getting? Uh, one of the biggest questions, there's that shot I was looking for right there. One of the biggest questions we get is, what do we do with all these damn aphids, right? Um, and there's there's a couple of things you can do to control them. Um, if you catch them early, just go with ladybugs. If you don't catch them early, uh, you're going to have to fight these little guys back uh, before you add ladybugs. Otherwise, they're not going to keep up, and that's just the way it is. Uh, I've I've seen every day recently people you know posting pictures on Facebook and stuff. What are these bugs? What do we do with them? Um, it's they and they've got an infestation that is so bad that they're losing plants quickly. Uh, and at that point, you you have got to go in uh, with a flamethrower, uh, which which to us we use uh, Joy uh, dish soap off the shelf at Walmart or wherever you get your your stuff from um, to knock them down and then then add ladybugs. But before that happens, if if you're brand new starting out. If you will get a good mineral balance in your system, potassium, iron, magnesium are the three main ones. Uh, potassium primarily will keep the pest away, not because they are detouring the pest, but because the pests aren't looking for plants that have the minerals that they need. See, nature's a really, really cool thing. It looks out there and it sees a plant that's, that's in peril, that's in danger of dying. And instead of just letting it die naturally, uh, the pest will move in and remove that plant. That way other healthier plants can, can keep growing and uh, do better than the plants that are unhealthy. So that, that's why you see the pest come in primarily is, is if you have unhealthy plants or a system that's out of balance, uh, then, then you'll have those pest issues. The, the other big issue we're seeing right now, uh, and it's the time of year, is powdery mildew starting to come in. 
Uh, so the high humidity of a greenhouse in an aquaponic setup is always going to be an issue. One of the things that we found over the years that really helps to stave that off is potassium silicate. Uh, typically sprayed on uh, creates this little thin layer of, they, they want to say liquid glass, but I'm not going to reach out there and say glass because it's really not glass, it's, it's silica. Uh, that, that thin layer stops powdery mildew from actually getting into the leaves and, and the stems. So it, it never gets a foothold and never starts to grow. So that's that's something that you can do to keep your plants going, keep the disease away. And it's not just good for powdery mildew, but many other funguses and, and viruses that might be after your plants uh, if they see a weakness in the plant. And sometimes those don't even need a weakness if they just get there they take off and they go if the conditions are right. Absolutely, and we did a bunch of testing with that back when I worked at Aquaponics Source on, on silica testing as well, and there's many different uh, soil crop tests uh, with that uh, as well. So yeah, quite a, quite a few different things. Um, we have, uh, uh, I've found, and actually let me pull my, my stuff here. Um, in general, for aphids, um, Aphidillus colmeni, which is a parasitic wasp, can be a very good uh, option for dealing with beneficial, or I'm sorry, uh, aphids, especially in springtime. Uh, Aphidillus ervi, E-R-V-I, uh, again, can be an alternative, a slightly cheaper alternative uh, as well. Uh, again, depending on your scale. I'm sorry. Uh, Colmeni is cheaper than Irvi. Sorry, I had them back to, backwards because they're right next to each other. Um, <laughs> uh, and then uh, uh, Aphilius uh, abdominalis uh, is the other one that um, is also a, a really good one for, for aphids. It, it comes in these little mummies and they hatch out and then uh, lay eggs and a bunch of other aphids and then they hatch out of the aphids corpse and then the infect more so it's quite quite interesting especially for into xenomorphs and, and aliens uh, it's very similar so oh wait what am i doing here there we go it looks like we lost him i don't know what happened well, he'll come back uh, but yes aphids definitely can be a problem this time of year uh, we're just waiting on scotty uh, to, to connect here and then uh, after that, we'll run over to the uh, the processing room and we'll uh, get a batch going. Oh, there he is. Oh, those microphones. There he goes. I Sorry about that. Now. Am I back? Am I back? Am I live? Want to give it a whirl? Am All I right, back? Well, well he's, uh, he's coming back. Uh, lace wings are another great option for aphids. Um, Again, along with the aphidillus colmeni are, are a pretty good combo uh, when you're just trying to figure out what you're dealing with. And then uh, the A-P-H-E-L-I-N-U-S abdominus A-B-D-O-M-I-N-A-L-I-S um, and those ones in a kind of a combo are, are very good uh, at wiping them out. 
There's also a, a, a apidolites, so A-P-H-I-D-O-L-O-T-E-S, A-P-H-I-D-I-M-Y-Z-A is a midge, which also uh, infects and preys upon uh, aphids as well. So if you want to have kind of a, a bunch of different types of wasps and, and other things that are going to attack your aphids, uh, you know, if, if you release all those different ones, uh, you know, you're you're looking at, you know, let's just say you have a 2,000 square foot room, you're looking at um, like 100, I don't know, maybe five or 600 bucks to, to treat all those, if you wanted to treat all of them uh, you know, in a rotation until you wiped them out. So not, not overly expensive on a, on a huge scale, so. So am I back? Again, you have no no leftover residue for your for your concentrates or anything else. So are you are you back there, Roger? I don't know. Am I? Am I back? What the hell? I see your mic going, but I don't hear you. Huh. <laughs> Am I back? Try talking now. Am I back? No, Hello? it's on your end. Crap. Huh. Not sure what the issue is there with your microphone. Try try changing your mic and then changing it back. Anyways, while he's uh, getting that sorted. Um, uh, ladybugs can be used, but ladybugs are pretty horribly sourced. So, uh, you know, try not to support them if you can. Um, for, for numerous reasons. Um, anyways, that uh, looks like uh, he's having some connection issues. Uh, hopefully Scotty will be with us here shortly. Um, I was hoping that Marty would be here or some other co-host because when we cut over to the other room, for some uh, some hash making, we can uh, we can do that. But some other beginner questions we have is um, you know what, what what size pump do I use? You know, generally if you're doing an IBC tote, doing a four or five hundred gallon per hour is is a good option. Uh, if you're doing something smaller like a a tough tote, you can get by with those two hundred and fifty to to four hundred gallon per hour pumps. Um, some of the other, I'm trying to think of some of the other questions and problems people have. Uh, spider mites, um, beneficial mites really are the best option for that. Works much better than sprays. Um, there's quite a few different ones, again, depending on your climate and your humidity, uh, you know, in order for you to pick the best one. Um, again, these, uh, I often like to purchase them through arbicoorganics.com. Um, hopefully Roger comes back. If Roger does not come back, his, his website is trueaquaponics.com. He also has a Facebook page called True Aquaponics that is quite helpful. Um, he doesn't allow anyone to be abusive in the group, which is rare in the aquaponics scene. So uh, it's, it's quite, a, quite a pleasant group. So if that's something that, that uh, is up your alley, definitely think about uh, joining in uh, and consider uh, being part of their community because it's, it's quite a nice community that they have over there. Alrighty, well, 
We are having some technical difficulties. Let me see if we should just switch gears here. In the meantime, does chat have any questions while we're while we're waiting? Oh, you could hear Roger before, and it was the problems on my end. All right. Hold up. Are we back? Am I back? No. The show, because apparently they're causing problems. All right. Well, thank you for the people in chat helping me with that. What I happened? Apologize. Again, some technical issues. Apparently, everyone can hear Roger, but me. Roger, if you want to try talking. Yeah, I'm. I'm here. Can you hear me? Hello. Hey, Steve. There we go. Now I can hear you. All right. Technical problems on my side. All right. Well, technical problems abound. So, what are some of the other uh, newer questions that that people that are you know new people questions that are at, people are asking you? Mostly, why is my audio not working uh, at, at the moment? But <laughs> so apparently, people can hear me, but you can't. That's great. That's perfect. Um, uh, the, let's see some of the biggest questions. So, what what can they use for a, a fish tank? Is a huge one. And I see people using uh, swimming pools or trying to use swimming pools, especially the, the cheap Walmart plastic ones uh, and and fish will their fins, especially catfish uh, will their, their fins will stick through those and you end up with a leak. Um, and we have one gentleman that's that's actually local to us or fairly local. He's within 90 miles um, with all the rain we've had here in the East Texas area. Recently, uh, one of his corner posts of a, of a swimming pool started sinking. It was an ab above ground pool, obviously. So it started sinking and water was seeping out. And then it, it, you really couldn't tell it was coming from there and it was coming out the opposite side on the ground. So he was looking for a leak and it really wasn't a leak in the pool at all. It was just a, one of those weird things. Um, the biggest question, like I said, is what can we use for a fish tank? And I see people trying to use jacuzzis and and hot tubs and, and you name it. And those things will work. Uh, and if they're free, that's great. But if you're having to pay for them, they're not worth the effort. Um, they're not gonna work as well as you'd like them to. They're, there's just too many rough edges in them. Um, not that the fish are gonna run into them and hurt themselves, but uh, it's just all these areas that waste will accumulate uh, and, and it's hard to get out. Uh, so when you're moving water through these systems, trying to keep the water clean for the fish, it's not gonna work well. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. Another big question is, or of course, what do they do about the heat? Well, here in Texas, uh, shade cloth and in the ground is about all you have to combat the heat with. So you need to bury whatever you can. Go ahead. And geothermal, don't forget. What's that? I said, and geothermal. Absolutely. That's why I say bury, bury your, your tanks in the ground. And then also you can, 
if you've got a system large enough and the ability to do it, bury some pipes deep in the ground uh, to, to use that geothermal to maintain a system temperature, whether it be warm or cold. Um, so farther up north, if it's not too rocky a soil and, and you can get a, a small backhoe for a weekend, dig some trenches, bury some pipes, get them glued together, and then run water through that to actually uh, heat your system during the winter from, from the ground heat. That's, that's an excellent thing that you can do if you can do it. Uh, here where I live, there's so much iron on the soil. Uh, you dig down and you may find a, a piece of rock that is six to, to 10 feet across and eight to 10 feet thick, and there's just no way to get any deeper, you're stuck. Uh, so it doesn't work well for us, but other places it works really well. Uh, another big question is what kind of fish? Um, and I see a lot of people try to look at their most popular fish they like to eat, which in many cases is something like crappie. Uh, and though crappie is a, a great eating fish, it's not the best fish for captivity. So keep that kind of stuff in mind. Um, black bass, largemouth bass are also, they, they don't like captivity. They, they will do better in crappie, but they don't like captivity. Um, you're better off with, with some type of perch, whether it be bluegill or, or yellow perch um, or some type of catfish. We've, we've raised channel cat since the very beginning in 2012. We love them. We love the flavor. Um, they, they can be difficult to raise if you uh, are not experienced with catfish. So um, I, I have been experienced for a great many years of raising catfish, so we, we've done well, although make no mistake. Uh, we've had a couple times where I've killed everything in the tank. Uh, one time was with tomato leaves, of all things. 90 catfish that were two plus pounds in one day over tomato leaves. Um, so that's that's one of those things that happens, and you learn and you move on. Um, yeah, it was really upsetting for a short term, but uh, we went and got new catfish, put them in there, and, and kept right on going. Uh, so keep stuff like that in mind. It, it Whatever you're adding to your fish tank or to your any part of your system can affect your fish. So think about it before you do it. Um, one thing to note, everything that we carry, um, everything we sell on our website uh, and on Amazon, on eBay, is it, it's all stuff we've used in our system. We trust it. We know it works and we know it's safe uh, if it's used in the recommended dosage. If you take one of our pro one of our products and you just dump it in your tank without any any uh, thought about what you're doing, yeah, you can kill stuff, and that includes the plants. That includes your bacteria. Uh, so you don't want to overdo anything, um, but you also don't want to underdo it. You don't want to put in just a little tiny amount of whatever uh, it may be, whether it be iron or, or potassium or calcium or magnesium. If it's not enough to take care of the plants, then you're not doing any good. You're just wasting time and money, uh, and you're not going to get the produce you want. So that's kind of the, the stuff to keep in mind. People ask us all the time, how much of this do we use? Uh, so with, with everything we ship out, we we send instructions with it. Um, if you don't see the instructions in there, and we, we mess up sometimes and forget to put paperwork in, in a package. Uh, if we do, just let us know. We will email it to you. Uh, if if you don't have a printer and you want to print out, we'll mail it to you. It's It's just not a big deal for us. We want you to have all the information you need when you need it so you can do what you need to do to get the best possible produce possible. 
Uh, that, that's really important. And I think Steve would agree with that. It's if you're not getting the kind of produce that you're supposed to get from your system, then what's the point, you know, just, you know, go pick some grass or whatever. Uh, not, not the kind of grass Steve grows, but you know, break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and it's really easy just to grow something in aquaponics, but are you actually getting the optimal performance out of your, your aquaponics system? And that's really where I think there's a big disconnect between a lot of people, you know, especially with the people that just say, oh, well, you feed the fish and magic happens. The fish, you know, the fish poop and magic happens and the plants grow. And it's like, no, it's not that easy. It's not, you know, there's more to it than that. And it's more complicated than that. You don't actually get all those nutrients from, from your system. So. Hey, what's up, Scotty? We got Scotty from uh, from Dugros as well here, just joining us as well. Well, he's still connecting and getting his mic set up. So, um, uh, anything else going on, Roger, on your end? Well, the system design uh, is the biggest thing that's coming up really quick. Uh, lots and lots and lots of people getting interested in aquaponics because they're trying to to have a self sustainable. Um, thing for food you know um and then of course the sequestration of 428 days uh for terry and i um she hasn't killed me yet that's a good thing uh let's see what else is is big news lately um i got nothing And uh, so, so if people need uh, nutrients, why don't you tell people how to find you and about your website and about your, your services? Okay, Hello. so since since I just learned how to share stuff, I'll just go ahead and bring the website up and share that right quick so people can see it. And with the magic of the internet, it'll happen pretty quick, right? So there we go. There's our there's our website, uh, trollaquaponics.com. It's it's uh, it looks a little mixed up, but trust me, everything's there. Um, when you get there, you're going to see this page. Uh, if you just want nutrients, you're just looking for your mineral nutrients. You can click on aquaponic nutrients. If you want the three week nutrient dose kits, those things, I'm telling you, they're for anything under three thousand gallons. They are dynamite. This that's the way to go. And of course, we, we've got the BT that we sell also. We, we keep it on the shelf 24-7, 365, because any time of the year, you're going to get hit with caterpillars and, you know, from moths or butterflies or whatever. Now, I'm not going to say go spray this all over your property and kill every caterpillar around you, but on your, your food you're trying to eat, this is what you need. Uh, if you want a subscription for that, for the, the three-week nutrient dose kits that you see listed, it, we've got this true newt subscription page and that's all it is you just go down there pick your your ph whether it be high or low go in there sign up and every three weeks you get a kit for your system uh and it, it, this is for three thousand gallons and below so just sign up get it it comes you put it in you don't even have to think about it for you folks with bigger systems with those larger systems the commercial aquaponics service is unbelievably wonderful the, the results we've seen from this, uh, and we, we do this in, with, with Steve, uh, and we, we work together and put all this together. So uh, you get on here, you fill out uh, a, a form that we've, we've built, uh, and I can actually show that to you. I guess I need to hide it, obviously. So you go over here and you fill this form out that 
eventually with my internet connection will pop up or I'm through waiting. So it'll, it'll pop up, you fill it out, it comes to us, we look at it, we send you a quote for what it'll cost to get your system done, and that's actually it there now. So you just fill everything out to the best of your ability. We'll get that, we'll send you a quote within a day or two and see if you're interested in doing it. If you are, we'll get you water tested, we'll get uh, minerals shipped to you uh, and really, really supercharge your system really quick to where you're really, you know, getting some high output out of your, your produce and balancing the system to keep it safe uh, and keep your plants at the highest possible um, output they can be. Um, deficiency guides, this is something, I don't know, I didn't mean to be going through a website right now, but the uh, deficiency guides, uh, when you get here, you click on it, go in there, look at it. Uh, it walks you through some of the primary deficiencies that you're gonna see. Uh, and, and it'll show you how to understand them. Uh, there, there's no pictures on there. There used to be, we've, we've taken them away. Uh, we we will probably add them back eventually, but look down through there. It walks you through all the primaries. So you can figure out what's going on with your plants quickly, uh, looking at it on your phone while you're standing there looking at your plants. It tells you what to look at, what it should look like, and uh, what to do with it. And then, of course, the, uh, I guess, and Steve asked me earlier, what was one of the big sellers right now? The system startups are, are the big sellers. And of course, we've, we've got a water test we offer. Uh, this, this stuff's out of order. But um, the fake fish right here, the true new fake fish, that stuff, it, when you're first starting your system or if you're restarting an old system, just getting back, um, that is the stuff to use. That way you're not killing fish. You don't have to worry about an ammonia spike or a nitrite spike. You put this in, you maintain your ammonia level, and when the, the system's ready through your test, you'll you'll know when it's ready, and we'll help you through every step of the way. Uh, and then if you need to get rid of chlorine and chloramine, this uh, sodium thistlefate is, is the best. Uh, it's what prized fish growers use. Uh, and that's when I say prized, I'm talking about the koi growers. They, they will use that to uh, get rid of the chlorine chloramine in their system. Uh, we've got an aquaponics accessories, which has all kinds of stuff, uh, test kits. And this is stuff that primarily we don't carry. We just give you links to it, uh, air pumps, water pumps, uh, worms for your system. That This is all stuff we don't carry, uh, but it, it does give you a good link to places with really good prices so that you can um, help yourself get going quicker. Uh, let's see what else we have. Uh, the FAO of aquaponics. If you're brand new, it's a great thing to read. I'm not going to click on it because it'll download a PDF and I don't want to do that. Uh, but go there, read it. It'll answer a lot of your questions before you have questions, before you know you have questions, and also get you on a path in the right direction uh, in aquaponics so that you're not making a lot of mistakes that a lot of people have made in the past. And Steve, I'm going to hand that back to you. We got one last question before we uh, switch gears over to Scotty. Um, we had a question from chat on the second here. Let me pull it up. They say, what starting when starting a system for the first time, what nutrients, et cetera, are added before and after putting the fish in? And I hope that ain't to me. <laughs> <laughs> what's hey, up, Scotty. boys? Hey, what's hey, up, Scotty, boys? How you doing? Awesome. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 a really good question. And one of the things that we found 
not just in our own systems, but, but people locally around us that are just starting a system up. Uh, and, and what you'll see out there in the market is people saying, just use seaweed extract, don't worry about it. Well, seaweed extract is great. It doesn't have the things that plants are going to need when they're young and when the system's first starting up. So something like the three-week dose, uh, especially in the smaller systems, 3,000 gallons or less, that, that three-week nutrient dose is perfect. It's got iron, potassium, magnesium in the proper amounts. Uh, and if you have a lot of seedlings, you'll see in our, our instructions when we send that out that uh, you want to cut that dose down instead of just dumping the whole thing in. You want to use about a third of the dose and put it in weekly uh, for your seedlings. Um, once the plants start getting larger, you can dump them in. But the, the reason I say cut it down into three, three parts and add it weekly is too many minerals for really, really small plants of, of less than four or six leaves. Uh, it, it, you can start getting tip burn that can, can hurt the plant's growth. So that, that's something to know up front. Um, you, you don't want to overdo it with, with any plant, but especially when they're seedlings, they, they just cannot handle um, all the minerals hitting the roots all at once because they try to uptake them. That's what small plants do. It's what babies do. Uh, if you've got puppies, you'll know real quick. Puppies eat everything in their path. Plants do the same thing. They will devour anything in their path. So if you put it in there uh, and it's too much, it's it's a bad thing. Awesome. Hey, man, you, not a, you guys use kelp all the time. I, I only use just the Asophyllum nodostrum kelp. I'm a huge fan of it. Uh, you Can you all give me some insight to the kind of kelps you all use? I don't know much about aquaponics as far as uh, uh, do you use any diff anything differently than, than what we do in uh, cocoa growing? So what we what we actually carry is is basically the same thing. It's just an extract instead of the actual kelp. Sure. So you you take our powder, mix it with water, and you can mix it as strong as you like. Although that's not necessary because the stronger it is, the more you have to cut it back down. Uh, and then so I mean the stuff eventually can ferment and go sour on you if it's in a jug too long. So we we try to help people only mix what they actually need for their purposes right now and then they save the powder for later uh because the powder will it literally has a shelf life of, of many years right it's uh, very very stable and those uh, and your nutrients work really awesome with things like recharge and and, and other uh beneficial soil microbes but in particular recharge uh, i've used it with aquaponics for a long time uh, i know uh, scotty gave us some back when i worked at aquaponics source to test with and we did really awesome results. So it's, you know, you can use all these things in conjunction with each other, even if you're doing aquaponics or soil, it doesn't matter. And I appreciate the love. Thanks for that, brother. Uh, man, yeah, I was just, I did, I started reading the book. There's a book out, shit, what's slime? The book is called Slime and it is just all about kelp and seaweed. So I haven't, I haven't finished it yet, man, but it's getting get me thinking anyhow. Awesome. Well, uh, Roger, how do, how do people find out more about your store and your stuff and, uh, and how to find you and follow you and your community that you have on Facebook? TrueAquaponics.com uh, is the website. If you want to find us on Facebook, just go to Facebook, type in True Aquaponics in your search bar. It will pop up uh, for our page and our group. Um, and that's basically it. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. Just, just join the group, uh, go to the website, like the page, say howdy to us. If you need help, ask questions. That's what we're there for. Awesome. 
Well, thanks a lot for joining us again, Roger. It's fun as always. Thanks a lot for joining us. It was fun as always. You got it, Steve. My pleasure. So, Scotty, uh, <laughs> how, uh, how's it going? Uh, oh, there we go. He's got his his thing held up. Uh, Scotty, uh, congrats on episode 1000 of your show, man. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. It's a big accomplishment, man. But you know what's bigger is congrats on getting back from Africa, man, in Thanks. one piece. So what was supposed to be uh, uh, Zimbabwe to Ethiopia to Chicago turned into Zimbabwe to Zambia, Zambia to Ethiopia, Ethiopia to Ireland, Ireland to Chicago. Jesus, man. So. I'm just glad you got back. And by the way, I don't know if you all know, but Steve on Facebook is about the best guy you could possibly follow, man. He'll make you think, he'll make you laugh. Oh, I love it, brother. I hope that page is public. <laughs> no, no, I just keep that for people I know. I like, my, it's the one, one of my few sacred spaces that's just people I know in person. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, man, I, I, I'm, I come in here and I just start talking or whatever, but I didn't, haven't really gotten to catch up with you since Africa. Have you, yeah, I'm, I'm sure a... you've gone over it a bunch, man. Any kind of stories you could tell us? Uh, just learning to grow with lots of different types of venomous snakes and, and like regularly <laughs> seen on the property is kind of a trip. And then like having the occasional hyena on the property, again, something you don't deal with every day here. Well, can I ask you something about that? Cause we're just planting sure. cannabis, uh, in the back, you know, actually we've got a greenhouse and then we've got all this leftover stuff from last year. We're like, let's just line the backyard with it. I got to think about plant count at some point, don't I? <laughs> I was just thinking about the deer. We got animals that'll show up, rabbit, deer, and they'll just eat the harvest, man. So what do you do when you got hyenas? So, imagine there's other animals. Yeah, generally they don't like dogs, right? So they're kind of like mountain lions. They just don't like dealing with dogs. So we keep a couple of packs. We actually have three different packs of dogs. And between the three of them, they generally keep most things off the property that that's, you know, any kind of like, we also have warthogs that we have to deal with out there too, which can come screw up the property and, and screw up the crop. So, you know, the, the dogs are really good for that. They smell the dogs and just don't want to deal with it. So they, they move on. Man, it's kind of cool that you say that, that they're in touch with other animals, let the other animals work, work with them, I guess. Yeah. So like in Africa, actually in other parts of Africa, like in the North of the country where they have elephants and stuff like that. They actually put up uh, like jetties, like rock jetties, like you'd see at, the, at like the shore right. around their crops to keep the elephants out because elephants weigh a lot and they can't handle their weight on those rocks. So it keeps the elephants off of their crops without having to really mess with the elephants or they'll put beehives around them, they make these basket beehives that they put around the, uh, in, in kind of like a fence around the, uh, the gardens and it helps with pollination. They get, they get honey and it keeps the elephants away. So. It's so funny how you're good at some things. It's just like what you concentrate on and what you think is important. Um, I can get a Zoom video going, obviously. You know, I mean, it's not too difficult, but I'm sure somebody in Zimbabwe might have a difficult time with it. But I had a skunk come around last year, last summer. I'll be damned if I couldn't get rid of it, man. Like the skunk just beat me. I don't know why he just knows more about being uh, outside and being an animal than I do. Yeah, sometimes you can find like really strong essential oils like thyme or rosemary oil or things like that. If you can find where their den is, you can kind of pour that around and they just generally don't want to deal with it. 
Garlic just think it's funny oil. though that how how bad we are at trying to think like an animal. You know, just we're people. We think, oh, well, I'll call somebody, or you know what I mean. I'll go buy something. We were in the store today getting lunch, uh, and uh, they had snake repellent, and I was just laughing and laughing because there's no way in hell any essential oil is gonna like repel. But snake, like, come on, it was a concept. Hey, it's funny you it's say like that. Deer we, uh, we killed a, a big diamondback rattler at the nursery about three, four days ago. Scared the hell out of one of our employees. And uh, I don't, that's all, that's always real. Jumping a, a swimming hole and a freaking uh, water moccasin will come at you. I mean, I, and how many things are, that's just in Florida. How many things are out to kill you in Africa, man? Uh, so we have at the farm, we have black mambas. We have Mozambique spitting cobras. We have Egyptian cobras. We have, there's a smaller species of cobra. I can't remember at the moment. And then we have two different types of adders. And then we have um, bush vipers and then uh, uh, boom slangs. And we have uh, twig snakes. That's, so, and that's everything that I can think of off the top of my head. I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple miles. Do y'all have like the dengue and the stuff that mosquitoes can give you like malaria and stuff like that? That's what really scares me. No, thankfully our area, except for right where we are, is generally pretty dry. So we have very, we don't really have any malaria outbreaks that I could find in any kind of recorded news or anything like that, either in English or in Shona. Um, so so if you want to learn how to say uh, cannabis in Shona, it's Mbanji. Mbanji. Yeah, like so that. Shona is the main language in, in Zimbabwe. So so that's how you say, say I want to buy some weed. You say, I want some, uh, I want some Mbanji. Man, how the hell is it? I was thinking of you, man. Now, every time I see a globe and look at Africa, I think of you. And <laughs> it's such a huge hunk of the world, man. It is such a huge hunk of the, you know, of the, the landmass that we have. It is so amazing. It almost seems like, you know, the world just develops differently. Sometimes I think, you know, I'm a microbe guy, like, like a peach that's getting moldy. And maybe the concrete is the mold, you know, and that white mold is just growing and growing and, Africa is like the last green spot we got, man. Yeah, and you know they have a ton of resources. They have a ton of farmland. They had a huge booming tobacco industry before. Uh, they they had some some well some political problems, I guess, for a little while. We'll put it politely, and have- uh, and they've kind of come around to uh, to having a little more stability there the last few years. You were saying uh, the political problems. Do you mind if I, because I, you know, I was really interested. I am interested in this stuff. And I think I saw it on your Facebook. It was something about the locusts, right? The locusts are swarming over in Africa. I don't know specifically where. Yeah, so that was was north up in Kenya. Yeah. Okay. So, and when I started reading a little bit deeper, you know me, man, try to read past the headlines a little bit, but it supposedly had to do with that the government mismanaged money and didn't have enough money to buy the raw materials to make pesticides that year. And no. so, the, so no, what, what I, it actually, what it actually is, is that the soil, so the, they go into that swarm state if the soil is at a certain temperature. And they, they've had a heat wave in the springtime and earlier and earlier times. So they're hatching earlier and earlier and they're reaching that population density and the soil temperature where they can reach that swarm state. So that's actually like on a scientific level, that's right. the cause for that. 
Makes sense. I, I just read this article and I was like, damn, am I actually rooting for pesticides at this point? You know what I mean? Because I mean, shit, if that happens, I would imagine you start spraying, right? Well, we, Elon Musk has got those flamethrowers, right? I think we just need to arm up more people with them flamethrowers and, uh, <laughs> and go at it. Works good on weeds, I'll tell you that much. I guarantee you, if you gave every boy between the age of six and, and 12 in that country a flamethrower, that problem would be solved. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, you remember I was asking you how you get in and out of all these crazy situations, how you avoid getting kidnapped and all that? Oh, you yeah. Give the awesomest answer, man. You would just like tell them you can help them with something, man. Show them how to grow something. Show them how to do something. Give yourself some value. It's fucking cool, man. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's a lot of fun traveling over in Africa and, and getting to see how they grow naturally and just the variance in cannabis, uh, everything from really stuff that would, uh, would, would be embarrassing to the people that used to sell the old Mexican brickweed, like stuff that they wouldn't even buy, right? Like all the way up to uh, some, some of the best sativa you've ever seen. So so when, really how funny. excited were you? I mean, how long did it take till you didn't smoke weed? So you're just like, I don't care. Give me that swag. I'll smoke it. I think it took me until like three days or four days of, of being right. totally sober to being like, all right, you know what? It's sitting over there. It is weed technically. Yes. It has THC in there somewhere. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Hey, will you tell me about the attitude of cannabis there? First off, are there, is it like really tight laws? Is it just kind of fend for yourself? Paint me a picture, so, brother. So if you have a license, it's no big, it's not really too much of an issue. Um, if you don't have a license, though, like for the average person there in the country, it is still illegal and is punishable up to, I forget, a seven or eight year jail sentence. Although it's Jesus very Christ. rarely, very almost never enforced to that level like you you know it's almost only exclusively given to people that are selling like in front of a school or you know something like that it's really are people cool with it do they respect cannabis as, as medicine so, or as a it's yeah. kind of hit or miss there's some places where it's okay in public and no one's gonna bat an eye and then there's other places where it's a big deal you know it just kind of depends Is it real religious there um not really so zimbabwe is a very big melting pot so they have uh, you know, Jewish people and Muslims and Christians and people that are just native African religions and all different types of things. So they got Jewish people in not... Zimbabwe, man. Yeah. Huh, you don't say. And a lot of, a lot of Chinese and Hong Kong and Japanese. And it's really kind of a, a quite, is, quite there, a is it like a whole city? I'm, I'm thinking of it like really remote and whatnot, you know? So Harare, so the whole country is 14 million people, but Harare is, is pretty large and I would say is comparable. Harare reminds me, honestly, a lot of Kingston, if you've ever been to Kingston. It really heavily reminds me yeah. of Kingston, except with fewer guns, right? So like your chance of being shot or, or robbed at a gunpoint is very low. Like you might get robbed, but it'll be at knife point, not gunpoint. <laughs> wow, what a trip, but, man. But, 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 uh, uh, it's a very safe place. Like you can walk around and it's not a problem. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I, I don't worry about it walking around at night, walking back from, you know, I'll go out to dinner and come back, you know, 11 or 12 o'clock at night and walk home. And it's not really a problem. You know, it's a very safe country. You just hang the nothing safe... to steal sign on you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for, you say Adina, Adina, which means I don't have, I don't have <laughs> in Shona. Um, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're looking for a cheap place in Africa to go for tourism, especially a place that's, uh, you can definitely get some cheap herb. And, uh, you know, if you're not smoking, you know, blatantly, no one's really going to give you much shit. Uh, Zimbabwe is definitely a great place. Lots of different safaris, uh, wonderful different places, super friendly people. Again, they, they, the old president did a big gun grab. So it's incredibly safe compared to other you know, places in that part of Africa. Uh, certainly safer than uh, Mozambique or South Africa uh, in terms of gun violence and everything else. So, um, hey, yeah, I feel I feel bad because I feel we talked like 20 minutes ago and you told me about this. So I'd love to hang out no and talk to you. I hope I'm not hijacking your conversation. Man. Go for it. Um, I just love to know about how you were growing over there, man. Was is there water? Uh, what you know? Were you doing mega acreage? Are you just doing it for uh, fiber? For you know, tell, just tell me about what your project was. I know you went over there to, to do a pretty decent sized project, right? Sure. So we have 750 acres. It's 300 <laughs> yeah. hectares, right yeah. next to an air force base. We have around 56 hectares that are going to be ready to go in the next few weeks. Um, that will. Be oh, so you're having out. success? All right, man. Yeah, yeah. So, so we have around 10 acres that are going to be ready to go here in the next two weeks, and then we'll be bringing more online successively after that. So we have a staggered harvest. It's an old tobacco farm. Circa um, so going forward, I just came back because medical system has uh, very few respirators for the entire country. Uh, so um, I just decided, and I've, I almost died of pneumonia when I was, when I was a kid. So I figured it better off over here on this side of the pond over here i see uh, i've seen you on facebook yep oh sorry i I guess i can interrupt i'm already known for that right why why change now (laughs) we're both we're we're both east coasters so we're used to that it's all good (laughs) (laughs) shit now i lost much oh yeah i'm i said i seen you on facebook and you were debating whether to come back you were thinking about weather and the storm over there and i'll be damn it is, that's got to be a scary place to get sick, right? Kind of God's will. I've definitely had my life saved by antibiotics before, man. Absolutely. And what it came down to was just the fact that I've, I've gotten really sick once before with pneumonia or pneumonia. If I get pneumonia from the virus, I'm going to be in deep trouble because I was mm-hmm. really sick last time. And it's just simply not worth gambling. You know, it's not. How bad is it over there with that virus? So when I left, there was only four cases in the country, but um, I haven't kept up with the cases since then. I've just been keeping up with the politics and then the, the business side of things. How are you handling quarantine, sir? <laughs> so I came on this podcast. Fun. I was like, yeah, dude, you're doing a, something? I'm in. I'm out, I'm out here in, uh, in Oklahoma. We have a pretty fun, uh, pretty fun little farm we're working on. We have um, quite a few thousand square feet. I can't remember. I think it's around 12,000 square feet of aquaponic um, a greenhouse of, of canopy over in the other uh, other room over there. That's awesome. And then we also have uh, uh, two flowering rooms and a mom room. We have three more greenhouses uh, coming. Uh, and then we're about to put up five acres of outdoor as well, uh, all THC. So we'll have quite a bit of uh, flower here in, in a couple of a uh, couple of months so you if you end up coming down to oklahoma man you definitely got to come down we can put you up for a night and uh and do a do some cool ddc stuff nice i bet i thought you're gonna say we can put yeah i thought you say put you to work for a few days trimming we can do that too man <laughs> Whatever. i mean if you want to we can but i figured we gotta we gotta we gotta put you up and and treat you up royal 
Uh, it sounds fun. Uh, you know Chip Baker? He's over there uh, hanging out. Yeah, in, yeah. Yep. He's over by Oklahoma City, I think. Yep. Sure. Seems like he's having a great time. Another guy with a good Facebook. You know, much as dude, this is screens. I love seeing all y'all on the screens, man, and hearing what you're up to. And, and it's awesome. I really enjoy it. Yeah, it helps us stay connected, especially with us all being spread to the four corners of the earth and everything. It's, it is really cool that we can do that, right? Absolutely. So what's new over there at the Recharge and the, and the Dew Grows? Uh, you guys got quite a bit going on. Did you check out the greenhouse? I will say that <clears throat> uh, Grow Guru was asking me for a real greenhouse. We've had like a disposable. It's basically like a, it's like a, a carport almost is what it looks like. <laughs> like a, just like a tent kind of thing. It was like a 10 by 20. Looked like something you'd pull a car into and paint inside it or something and disassemble it. <laughs> but I um, had one of those two years in a row and it started feeling like shit buying a new one every year. All that plastic, man. She gets beat up every year. So actually pulled the trigger on a 12 by 20 uh, double poly walled, you know, like the uh, a real greenhouse, man. Jesus Christ, did that take a while to it, uh, install? Have you ever built one of those? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I built a whole bunch of different greenhouses. About to build 300 by 30s. So. These are like erector sets, though, man. Like you actually have to read the instructions on these, man. <laughs> How much is there when you just hire someone to build it for you? You know, I had I had my crew. Warehouse Kyle's a badass. He's a, he was able to accomplish it. Had to have Grow Guru there a couple times, but I'm looking forward to actually having a little bit of a an R factor in there. I think it's like a two three insulation factor in there, so I keep it a little bit warm. I had a heater, dude. We had I put some plants in there, then we had snow the next day. So I'm in there with a little, you know, pot stove trying to keep everything at least a temperature. Freaking held some heat pretty good, man. So I'm hoping to uh, to learn something and step up to a little bit better, uh, a better greenhouse this year, man. Better tools in the toolbox, brother. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So sure you anchor that thing down well. You get some winds up there. I was just about to ask you, man, Oklahoma and stuff, man. You guys get some huge winds out there on the plains, right? absolutely absolutely but we, we try to make sure we go you know we do with the farm tech greenhouses and most of those depending on which rating you get are 100 rated for 120 miles an hour and those are just hoop houses is that right just no the, no no, no. The those bell? are proper proper <laughs> uh framed greenhouses gotcha gotcha well that was the question i asked i said we get 70 mile an hour winds is it going to withstand it and they said yeah if they say yeah over the phone that's like legally bona fide right Right. You can always make sure you put extra anchors on it and cross cross brace it. You'll be all right. Yeah. So that's what I'm excited about, man. New greenhouse. So a lot of people are just getting started in the spring and, and uh, recharge and mammoth P we often recommend for aquaponic systems. Um, what, what do people, uh, if they're thinking about trying to get started and aren't aware of microbial stuff, how would someone get started with, with recharge for their garden at home, or maybe someone get started with the virus starting to start in the garden uh, how would they use microbes and, and get started with that uh, using your type of product man well cool you want to talk a little grow damn we're shifting gears i dig it man i dig yeah. it what are we growing man what's the media uh let's do soil someone yeah started with soil. man soil i just it, microbes uh i mean you must we talk about microbes you must talk about microbes on this show because they're integral for uh for uh aquaponics and it, it's such a trip to kind of dude i was i was thinking about that today how i got a lighter right here brother <laughs> how connected everything is man 
how the cannabis connects you with or, well, how being human connects you with plants that the microbes are connected to the plants and it goes all the way down. I can keep talking, man. You can go get a lighter. It's all good. <laughs> but anyway, man, I got into microbes, I don't know, probably 15 years ago, I would say. I have a bamboo farm down in Florida. And I had, yes, dude, I had to learn about how to keep nutrition on sand. Have you ever tried to grow in pure sand, Steve? Man, in Florida, I got this land, very inexpensive, grow bamboo on there. Bamboo, very easy to grow in sand, but try to keep, you know, try to feed it. In Florida, we've got these things called red tides, where the, basically it's from the sugar cane and the citrus, but the fertilizer just washes away, washes down these rivers, and it actually goes into the ocean and fucks things up, man, really badly, man. You know, talk about uh, my, that is cool. <laughs> Microbial imbalance. Anyway, so I have sand uh, at Florida. I was trying to figure out how to hold the nutrient instead of having it wash away. You get super big uh, uh, rainstorms down there. It just washes all your fertilizer away and then you're part of the problem and you're spending more money. So over 20 acres, I learned by probably something you guys do to adding soil organic matter in the form of compost. I love earthworm castings. Uh, yeah, that kind of stuff. I'll even put mulch on top that breaks down. But doing that and then fortifying it with microbes, taking soil microbes, getting them to, to colonize on the, the soil structure or on the roots and getting the microbes that like to digest nutrients, that like to pull nutrients out of the soil and like to exchange it for, I guess, mostly sugars is what it exchanges it for uh, in the root system. And like we were talking, I told them, this is my second joint, so don't mind me, man. But how we we're talking about how, dude, we can't make the chemicals that cannabis can make. So we reach to cannabis and cannabis needs the microbes too, because cannabis can't just pull the nutrient that's, that's in the soil. It needs to work with microbes to do that. So how the fuck are the, why would the microbes stay around? Well, the cannabis can actually make sugar through sunlight and photosynthesis photo you know light and synthesize it's making sugar pump some of that down to post pumps most of that into the buds but you know as far as carbohydrates to build structure but it pumps a bunch of that down into the roots to start keep on attracting those microbes man and it becomes like i think like that like they call it the rhizosphere what is it like the one twentieth of an inch where the roots meet the uh, the soil and dude, that's like the port, man. That's like the port of Miami right there, homie. There's a lot of shit getting exchanged. But anyway, man, that's my, I love microbes, love talking about them. And I learned how to use them for uh, uh, keeping fertilizer in the bamboo. And believe it or not, allegedly, when I was growing bamboo, my brother Tripp was running a bunch of 20 lighters all over Florida. And uh, he was having some success by using, we just have it in this gold foil bag. We know what to call it, man. But we would just take this shit once a week. We would use it on the plants just once a week. There was a half teaspoon per gallon. It's still the rate that I use. And uh, no matter what we grew, whether it was bamboo, palm tree seedlings or cannabis, holy shit, man. Uh, within a day or so, it's a, it's a combination of kelp, molassic, humic and fulvic acids, and uh, and just a specific micro package bacillus and uh and fungi and actually it's got a trichoderma fungi in there steve 
which is kind of controversial. Some people like it, some people don't. And I just, I love it. It just works. You know what? It works at a certain pH range and then the bacillus work at, a, at another pH range. And so kind of, they just counter, I don't say counter each other. One will grow. And then if the pH spikes or changes, the other will grow, man. So it covers them. But that trichoderma, man, I have a peer-reviewed research paper. I put it on to, uh, tomorrow's show from Texas A&M talking about how it uh, uh, initiates like a, what is it? A systemic blah, blah response, a SAR response, a systemic acquired response, I think. But it's really fucking neat, man. It actually gives it a, a response to avoid uh, pathogens. Fucking neat, man. That's Sorry, awesome. Yeah. Just rambled. <laughs> no, I, I often teach people too on a similar note. Hey, you know, uh, and this goes just, you know, especially in, in your reference to your trichoderma reference, you know, think of your microbes the same way you think of your nutrients on your molders chart, right? So when you think of a molders chart, I like let's this. Just, let's just think of it like this. Okay. So we have this circle. Okay. So you have your molders chart. If you're familiar with molders chart, let me just pull it up here. So I heard if you look at it under a black light, it makes a perfect pentagram, bro. Uh, (laughs) I love how links and Google don't work half the fucking time. All right. So we're going to make sure I don't have anything inappropriate up on the screen. All right. I'm just kidding. All right, so can everyone see my screen here? I can. Come on, two more joints. There's a pentagram in there somewhere, bro. So if you think of this disc, like the lid on my, like the same as the lid I'm holding in my my hand here, you're trying to keep it balanced on a point. Okay, so we're trying to keep this level. And if we have too much nutrients, it gets imbalanced and it throws the whole system out of whack so if we raise a nutrient and it's part of that and it's synergistic we need to raise it in in uh, ratio in order to keep everything balanced so we don't slip that teeter-totter of nutrients so think about that when we look at our chart here we're talking about Mulder's chart um by the way, thank you, man. I've never heard it described like that. This thing's complicated as hell to me. And that is yeah. fucking awesome, brother. Thank you. So if you think about it that way, it makes it simple to think about why you balance them or what, you know, and, and why you don't. Um, let me pull up a different one. Let's look at one that has, yeah. So this is one we also, another common one that's out there. Damn, that's a lot of tabs, man. You're a multitasker. I am. Um, so, okay. So here we have this one here. You can see the green ones are antagonistic. The red ones are synergistic. Um, hey, what so the, just, synergistic. You, the green ones are synergistic. The red ones are antagonistic. I'm hey, sorry. what does yeah. that mean, man? Just help me out. Antagon, so, antagonist. I know synergism. So let's, work together. so let's use this. So let's use an example. Okay. So, so let's look at this plant. So I guess antagonizes to piss each other off, right? I had siblings. Okay, so let's look at this plant. Okay, so here's an aquaponics plant and this is purple, right? So this looks phosphorus deficient by any means. If you go to a book, 
but when we test the water with our our aquatic P, uh, phosphorus tests, the phosphorus range comes in around 40 or 50 ppms, which is well within range. Okay, why is it still um, uh, deficient? Well, let's go back to our Mulder's chart. Well, the UV sterilizer locks out your bioavailability of your zinc. It locks out the bioavailability of your iron and it locks out your bioavailability of your manganese. Okay. If I lock out my, my manganese, my iron and my zinc, well, especially zinc and iron combo well, iron directly corresponds with phosphate and zinc directly corresponds with phosphate. So I have two nutrients now that are needed for the synthesis of phosphorus in order to be uptaken. So even though this shows as a phosphorus deficiency in this plant, it's being caused by a lack of iron and a lack of zinc because the UV sterilizer is breaking the chelation that keeps those bioavailable for the plant, making the phosphorus less available to the plant, which is why it's showing a phosphorus deficiency, even though that's not the problem in the water. And so <clears throat> that antagonizing you were talking about there in the red, that's mm -hmm. the a low iron antagonizes the phosphate to misbehave, I guess, or just to, to not, not work. How's that work? And a lockout? Yeah, so it'll lock out. So it'll bind to other ions or cations, depending on what form it's in, and just move out of a plant available form or move into a form that the, the microbes that make the that bring iron to the plant just simply don't bring into the plant at the same you know the same efficiency at the same rate. So funny there's, there's, much. <laughs> there's a lot of complexity to that depending on what nutrient we're talking about. So we're just simplifying that. Oh, this is great though, man. There's much more antagonism though, things that will lock each other out than are our synergisms. Yep. It's pretty cool. So there's though. a lot more, you know, there's there's versions of this that are much more complicated too. Right. Why is this some of these aren't working. I don't know why. Um, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> you got this one. Looks like air traffic. Right. So, so you can get, you know, when you really get into it, you can get really complicated with this once you really understand this. But if you just stick to doing something simple like this, and again, just think of it like a top and you're trying to keep it spinning all the time. You don't want it to tip too much to one side. Sure. Uh, and, and so if I add, uh, iron, I need to also add a little phosphorus and a little bit of zinc, and I should probably, and if, or if I add a little bit of calcium, I maybe I want to add a little manganese or a little, a little uh, potassium or a little magnesium. I'll make sure my boron is in range uh, to make sure that the calcium is going to be fully uptaken because calcium makes all these other nutrients available. That's why it's the most antagonistic. So, hey, do you feel like bullshitting about that? Because I am learning about calcium and other because I don't mean to hijack, but calcium, sure. what actually is, is responsible for uh, mobility, nutrient mobility. Is that right? And the cell yep. structure? And, and so is magnesium and so is silica to a lesser extent as well. Hey, you know what though, man? We're always saying CalMag, CalMag, and Guru brings us up all the time. They're two different nutrients, man. Calcium and magnesium are two different nutrients. How come they're always grouped together? Absolutely. And they should be in a ratio and an aquaponic system. You want them in a ratio of, of three to one. So, so if my magnesium was 30, I want my calcium to be 90. Uh, or if my, and then you want your phosphorus to be a two to one. So if my phosphorus was 50, I want my calcium to be a hundred or, you know, something close. So if it was at 90 to a hundred, then it would be fine for the 50 PPMs of phosphate. 
just in terms of ratios. And, and again, right. it doesn't have to be exact, but just something close. In the field, it fucking makes a big difference, man. If you get your calcium to magnesium ratio wrong, uh, it can like bind up your soil. It tightened. That's what, that's what I learned recently. Like kind of, no, not recently, but what tight and loose soil means. And it's uh, pretty cool how you can change it with the CalMag ratio, man. Absolutely. <laughs> What's happening, man? What's going on? We have a, a funny question chat. So if I had a contaminated monotub uh, with trichoderma, could I add that to my mulch layer? Absolutely, you could. Um, so what, what? the reason why I was going back to this uh, with the uh, molders chart is think of your microbes the same way. So if you keep your trichoderma below 2.7%, you're generally going to have at max between one, you know, two point two percent to 2.7%, depending on your microbial mix, um, you're not going to have any problems when you go beyond that or when it's in a nice ratio. So like in your product, you have a bunch of other microbes that kind of keep it in check and right. keeps it in a balance. But some other products, um, I'll, I'll, rename, name, I'll leave nameless, are just pure trichoderma and things like that. And that's where people can get themselves into trouble where they kind of, you know, totally flood the, their, their garden with one single microbe uh, that, that dominates. And then, the, they're, they're, you know, they're missing other availability. They're missing part of their food chain. Uh, and then they end up with problems. We're pretty goddamn good at explaining this stuff, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, though. <laughs> what, uh, what, else is, uh, what else is uh, new over in DGC World? I know you guys postponed the... Uh, um, Man, the yeah. The DGC Cup had to had to postpone it, and I gotta tell you, like doing these shows, and you you said you were doing a uh, uh, podcast today. I did everything I could to jump up and, and hang out because I do miss hanging out with folks. I've got a, my buddy Brandon DGC, great grower man, and he's like, "Hey, I want to come over and, and use the rosin bomb and squeeze some rosin. I just harvested." I was like, "Uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, what's that mean? Who the hell are you?" <laughs> you know. Who am I when I'm telling my buddy he can't come over to squeeze rosin? This whole thing's got me freaking freaked out, man. It's a bummer. It's got everybody freaked out, huh? Uh, did I lose you? No, I'm trying to figure out how to make Zoom big again. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? I just kind of let it do its thing. I'm learning it. But yeah, these Zoom setups are really cool, man. It's actually good to... I don't know. It is no substitute for real human interaction, though. Oh, I do miss hanging. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, you surviving over there? You got a whole crew that you get to hang out with? Yeah. Yeah, we got a whole bunch of people. I think I got this where I want it. All right, cool. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Sorry about that. I'm. I'm it's been a long day. Oh man! Um, <laughs> I did get on a separate note. I did get something else cool. I thought I would show y'all. Got some of those giant pumpkin seeds, you know? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Very, and by the way, those guys that grow those world record pumpkin seeds or pumpkins rather, they're nuts about their microbes, huge mycorrhizae inoculation right in the beginning. Not, you know, they're really into getting a good mycorrhizae inoculation in the beginning and they blast their soil with microbes. I've hung out with them a little bit or saw seen them grow a little bit. Pretty crazy. 
when you're just growing something for bulk, it's like, uh, like the power, not the power, the bodybuilders in the 70s, you know, where there was no limits, better living through chemistry. So have you had any cool guests on the show recently? What are some of the neat uh, episodes you've had in recently over on the show? Oh, man, I, I can't even recall, brother. I can't even recall. I just, uh, man, we just kind of got the, we're in a, in a kind of rhythm with that where, Every day we just kind of hang out. We bullshit about it. about noonish. We'll bullshit a little bit, kind of go over the, you know, what's going on in DGC land. And then we'll throw the mics on about an hour later and just kind of do our thing. And it's been pretty, uh, you know, just real steady with it. It's funny. I, I don't do too, you know, it's been pretty much the same thing for a thousand episodes. Now, actually, I shouldn't say what well, a couple hundred episodes. We, we started hitting our stride now. Absolutely. I had the pleasure of being on one of your first episodes way back in the day. It was episode 40 or 41 or 42. Yeah. I don't remember which one. I was uh, I remember hearing your show and being like, this is fucking great. <laughs> giving it a whirl. It's kind of embarrassing when you look back to uh, kind of see where you started from. I'll say I thought I knew how to grow back six years ago. I knew how to pour bottles on and follow a recipe basically uh, and get good bud. But is that like saying, yeah, you know, I thought I knew how to bake because I got the Betty Crocker brownie mix, man. And I mixed it up just like the recipe said and I baked it just like the recipe said and they came out good. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're a chef, does it? No. No, I, well, I guess it does. I, thought, I mean, right. <clears throat> that made a hell of a living for, you know, 15, 20 years following a recipe. Can it oh, A yeah. and B equal parts, you know? Right. But when, when things would happen, when they would go wrong, you'd get root rot or something like that. You didn't really have the science. behind. You didn't have the knowledge behind it. You're guessing. And you might have even, you know, back in the day, somebody tell you, oh, just pour this on it, you know? Eagle 20. And it, you don't, you don't know, you know what I mean? It really does take knowledge in order for you to know uh, what's dangerous, what's smart, what's a waste of money. Yeah. So I've learned a lot, man. That and you get yourself a dino light like this. So you can actually see what the hell's on your plants. Yep. Uh Oh, dude, I got bad news, Steve. What? I think my battery's going to die, man. Okay. Well, it was fun having you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that it's great hanging out man it is absolutely oh, yeah, awesome man. brother thank you for love, your invite love having you on i want you to tell everybody how to find out more about you and your show and and all the wonderful education that you put out into the world uh, it's called the dude grows show uh, i'd like to tell people they can yell dude grows into their phone and find it uh if you found me annoying on this show don't tune in it's just more of the same though <laughs> no we love talking grow uh I try, I try to figure out why we're doing what we're doing. That's usually my role in the show and try to make some wise ass comments too. <laughs> yeah. They have over a thousand episodes of educational content on cannabis growing. He's being very humble, um, but they also have a, a great product as well. Why don't you tell them about real growers? Yeah, I do. I'm a huge microbe fan. I talked a little bit about how I, I found uh, out about microbes. And then I was just lucky enough to hook up with a, a formulator that just absolutely, just like you were talking about balance, Steve, uh, the guy just made me a beautiful, beautiful formula. And uh, I love it. It's been, been uh, gosh, been about seven, eight years, I think. Uh, 
product called Real Growers Recharge, realgrowers.com. And uh, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. I don't like to promote myself too much, man. I let, I let the crew do that for me. And I thank y'all for it. DGC for life. <laughs> uh, we will be using his product here at the farm and uh, it's good shit. And uh, yeah, that's why, why I wanted him. And it works in aquaponics, totally aquaponics safe. You can also use it in planted aquariums. It's good shit. Why don't you come make me a video for that, brother? You gotta, you gotta, actually, I wanna come see you, see your aquaponics set up. You show me how it works. Hell yeah. Come shoot a video here. It'd be fucking great. Thanks, my friend. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, I appreciate having you on. All right. All right. Take it easy. I don't, now I gotta find, figure out how this thing works, man. I think this is my first, no, second successful Zoom. Well, I guess it won't be successful. Thanks a lot, man. Unless I can leave. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> You can't escape us. Be good, y'all. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right. Well, we were going to do a hash demonstration, but that went a lot long. That went along a lot longer than I anticipated. So I think we're going to wait until Thursday, or maybe we'll just do a live episode tomorrow night uh, and do a hash demonstration instead of doing one this evening, just to wrap things up, just because it's getting a little bit later and. I'm kind of beat and then, yeah, I'm going about an hour and a half now. So I think we'll, we'll save that for next time and uh, we'll catch you guys again soon. Cheers. Uh, you can find out me at um, Potent Products, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Sorry about the, uh, the background noise there. Uh, you can find out me at SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, uh, at Potent Products, iHeartRadio, all the things. You can also uh, find us uh, in a whole bunch of other places. You can find out Roger at trueaquaponics.com. You can find out uh, uh, Scotty over at dudegrows.com or at realgrowers.com. Uh, thanks a lot for watching. And uh, we'll have some more content here from the farm. We'll be doing some more KNF stuff, some more hash making stuff, and a whole bunch of cool stuff. So, all right, we'll catch you guys again soon. Cheers.